after the coronavirus hit, it didn't take long for the bankruptcies to start. First came the energy companies back in April. Whiting Petroleum filed for bankruptcy. That will used to be a two or $300 stock. Plummeting oil prices pushed some companies to the brink. And then came the retailers in May. Neiman Marcus just filed Chapter 11. J. Crew has filed for bankruptcy because of the coronavirus pandemic. The company has... With their stores closed, brand names like J. Crew, Neiman Marcus, and J.C. Penney all filed. And then came Hertz. Car rental giant Hertz has filed for bankruptcy. The company which also... Each of these companies went bust for its own reasons. Retail and energy in particular have been tough industries for years. But many of the companies going bankrupt right now have something else in common, a massive load of debt, one they've accumulated over years and years of risky borrowing. When Hertz filed for bankruptcy, it had an eye-popping $19 billion of debt. Here's a company that has been taking on debt for 15 years. They've been using it to fund acquisitions, returns to shareholders, and expansion. And it made them particularly vulnerable. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, June 10th. Coming up, in the third episode in our series on debt in this crisis, the story of Hertz and what it tells us about the wave of bankruptcies happening right now. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. A global pandemic was always going to be bad for business. Some bankruptcies were probably inevitable. But our colleague Matt Wirtz says it didn't have to be this bad. Do you think that the the economic crisis that we're in right now would be even slightly less severe had so many companies not loaded up on debt when times were good? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There'd be fewer bankruptcies. There'd be less investor losses. On balance, companies would have been better able to withstand what's happening right now because of corona because they would have still had room. Over the past decade, Matt's watched as companies have piled on debt. Think of it as like, it's like your credit card, right? Corporate America's credit card has gotten, over the last, call it eight years, has gotten much closer to maxed out. And that means that when coronavirus hit, they didn't have as much capacity to cover their costs as they would have if they hadn't maxed out their credit cards. One of the most dramatic examples of this trend is the car rental company Hertz. When Hertz was founded, it didn't have much, just 12 Ford Model Ts and a hunch that people might want to rent them. This was 1918, and the idea of a rental car company was brand new. It is the company that launched the modern automotive rental industry in this country. And they also figured out that air travel was the way of the future. As air travel took off, Hertz set up rental locations at airports. 
to cater to business travelers. It was a hugely successful strategy. You know, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were the giant. Avis actually had an ad campaign that was something like, we're number two, because there was no question <laughs> of who number one is. Uh, it's, uh, it's Hertz. We're known throughout the nation as Hertz the superstar. We got the winning combination, super people, super cars. Wow. And they had oh, this O.J. Simpson ad. Nobody does it better than Hertz. He's like this superstar player running through an airport because mm-hmm. that was such a big part of their business. Right. This was back when he played for the Bills and the 49ers. Yeah. Nobody has more of what it takes to rid you a Fairmont, Mustang, LTD, or other fine car faster. Hertz, the superstar. You know it. Hertz was successful, but in the early 2000s, something happened to the company that left it with a significant pile of debt. It got bought by a group of private equity firms. In 2005, it was a publicly listed company, and it was acquired by a private equity firm. That private equity firm paid around like five, six billion dollars for it, and a lot of that was borrowed money. And that debt stayed on Hertz's balance sheet. It stayed on Hertz's balance sheet because when a private equity firm buys a company like Hertz and needs to borrow money to do it, it's the company that gets bought that's stuck with the debt, not the private equity firm. And then the purpose of that is to presumably make the company more efficient and then sell it like three to five years down the road for much more than the private equity firm paid for it. Private equity firm walks away, the company usually has a lot more debt on it. And that's what happened to Hertz. When it got bought by private equity, it got saddled with at least $4 billion in debt. It was far from the only company in this situation. J. Crew and Neiman Marcus, which both went bankrupt in May, carried debt for years from private equity buyouts. So that alone didn't make Hertz a risky company. But then, as Hertz entered the 2010s, executives realized they had a problem. Hertz realizes through this period that it has kind of missed the boat on a new customer, and that's the low-cost customer. Expedia has happened, Travelocity, all these technologies that allow consumers to shop around. So you have a lot more of these leisure customers that are shopping for discounts. And Hertz had always been kind of a premier rental company. They didn't have a low-cost offering. So Hertz decided to make a big move. It decided to acquire one of its rivals, the low-budget car rental company Dollar Thrifty. So in 2010, they realize, okay, we think that Dollar Thrifty is a good buy. This is going to be a good match for us. We'll get economies of scale out of it, and it'll be a relatively rapid way for us to expand into the budget market. They offer in 2010 to pay $1.3 billion for the company, and then they get in a bidding war with Avis. And this, this could be the pivot point for Hertz. A lot of the analysts that I spoke to said it was. Basically, if they had bought the company for $1.3 billion and they had raised debt to do that, things might have ended up okay. But instead, they get in this bidding war and they end up paying twice as much as they initially offered. Hertz had to borrow about $2 billion to buy Dollar Thrifty. It entered the deal with about $4 billion of debt. It would leave with $6 billion. They increased their debt by half, roughly. Overnight, like that. So their interest expense, you know, also went up significantly. You know, carrying that debt load financially is much more expensive. But the other issue is that they had kind of maxed out their credit card at that point. Like, that was it. Like, they weren't going to be able to go back to investors anymore because they were already too risky. 
$6 billion was kind of like the limit. Was what Hertz was doing, were they an outlier or were they just one company among many that was piling on debt? Yeah, I don't think they were an outlier. You know, like 2012 time period, like the markets are starting to regain their animal spirits. The Fed has continued to keep interest rates low. And while there are some rumblings of concern about growth of debt in um, the junk debt market, it's kind of like everybody's doing it. Like when debt is this cheap, if you're a CFO, you should be borrowing. But by this point, after the private equity deal and after its decision to buy Dollar Thrifty, Hertz had borrowed pretty much all the money it could. But Hertz wouldn't stop taking on debt. It just had to find a more creative way to do it. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Welcome back. Hertz had done the equivalent of maxing out its credit cards to buy dollar thrifty. And if the merger had worked out like the company had planned, that debt could have been manageable. Hertz would have come out of the merger a more competitive and more efficient company. But that's not what happened. The merger was a disaster. They had a lot of problems integrating fleets, integrating technology. They moved the company down to Florida from New Jersey. Over half the staff quit. Like, it was, a, it was just terrible. <laughs> Hertz's CEO at the time stands by the merger and the decision to move the company to Florida, saying it made economic sense at the time. But post-merger, there were other storm clouds on the horizon. Uber and Lyft had started siphoning Hertz's customers. And to make things worse, Hertz's cars desperately needed updating. They allowed their fleet to age. And so they realized that they need to start modernizing their fleet, buying a lot of new cars quickly. To keep up with all those challenges, Hertz needed more cash. And so it ramped up a complex kind of borrowing that it had actually already been doing. They turn to this part of the market. It's like part of the alphabet soup of Wall Street. It's ABS, asset-backed securitizations. Asset-backed securities would allow Hertz to borrow against its cars. And investors thought that this was safe because they didn't borrow as much as the value of the cars. And so there was always this sense that the worst case scenario, kind of like the one we're seeing now, the bonds would still get repaid because the value of the cars underneath them exceeded that of the debt. 
Not only that, Hertz had signed this kind of like blood oath where they said, look, if the value of the cars drops below the value that you are owed, we Hertz will make up the difference. And the result of that was that most of the bonds had a AAA rating. So that is the same rating as the U.S. government. I see. These things were viewed as absolutely impregnable. So basically the idea was you add up the price tag of all the cars that you have in your fleet, and then you take out a loan that's a little bit less than that value. And so investors are okay with giving this loan to Hertz because they think, well, if things go badly, you can just sell all of the cars, and we know we have enough money in the value of all the cars to pay off the loan. That is exactly it. But as the company stepped up spending, it started borrowing more money against each car in its fleet. It issued riskier debt and its total debt load grew. Matt, you were saying earlier that Hertz wasn't the only company that was piling on so much debt like this. Was anybody worried about it at the time? Yes. You know, I would say around 2015, you start to get real concerns out of the Treasury, out of the Fed, even Elizabeth Warren. They start to say, hey, hold on, are we laying the groundwork for the next financial crisis? What was the fear? What were they afraid of? So debt tends to boost earnings in periods of economic growth. It tends to amplify financial distress and the risk of default and bankruptcy in times of economic downturn. And so that's what they were worried about. They knew that at some point the economy was going to turn. They didn't know how or when, but they knew that it would. And the more debt that was on the American economy at that point, the more pain there would be throughout the American economy at that point. That was the long-term fear. But short-term, Hertz taking on more debt seemed to be working. After four straight years of losses, in the first two months of 2020, Hertz's revenue went up 6%. They had actually started to turn things around going into this year when corona hit. Suddenly, anyone who could was avoiding travel and avoiding rental cars in particular. Their business model collapses. And... At the same time, the value of the cars in the fleet also collapsed. In April of this year, used car prices fell by around 11%, and the used car prices for rental cars fell by even more than that, around 12%. So the reason that matters is remember that blood oath that they had signed where they told lenders who had given them money against their fleet, hey, if the values of the cars drop, we'll make up for it will pay for that depreciation. Well, all of a sudden, value of their fleet had depreciated by 12% um, Hmm. in a couple of weeks, and they had to make up the shortfall. In April, Hertz owed its lenders a payment of about $500 million, which the company couldn't afford to pay. And so it declared bankruptcy. All told, the company was about $19 billion in debt, About $14 billion of it was in asset-backed securities, those bonds backed by Hertz's cars, that investors had assumed were low risk. And this is, like, this is worth a pause here, because this is, in some ways, very similar to what happened during the great financial crisis in 2008. You had this complex form of debt that everyone thought was super safe, based on assumptions of what normally happens, but when extreme events that are unpredictable, things like black swans, When they happen, which they do, those assumptions go out the window. And you tend to have the unthinkable become the inevitable. And that's what happened in Hertz's case. 
Debt alone didn't bring down Hertz. The entire car rental industry was facing disruption. And Hertz had made missteps that made its situation worse. But when the coronavirus hit and companies had to start borrowing to get through the crisis, Hertz couldn't. It had already borrowed all it could. And it's not the only company in that position right now. So, as you were saying earlier, there were a lot of companies over the past decade that were piling on lots of debt. So, does that mean that there are probably more bankruptcies to come in the near future? Yes, it does. Hertz was the poster child because it had a lot more debt than its competitors, and it is at the epicenter of coronavirus in the U.S. economy. But you have other companies that face similar industry challenges. You know, you have the airline industry, which is also very impacted and heavily indebted. There's a lot of speculation that we're going to see either bankruptcies or forced consolidation in that industry. And then you have second-order effects, right? You have all the suppliers, like who provides meals on airplanes? Those companies, like who provides the jet engines? Who provides the seat cushions on their, on their seats? There's all these suppliers. Same thing for the automotive industry. You have what's called second-order effects that are going to hit. They're going to have to cut staff. They're going to have to cut investment. Investors are going to take losses. There's going to be a ripple effect. This is just the beginning. That's all for today, Wednesday, June 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.